0: Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren, and I'm super glad you're here. Each week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a passion to share, or a dream that she is pursuing. This week, my guest is Caroline. Caroline is married to Luke, who is a pastor in Mississippi. They have two children and are in the midst of adopting a third. Caroline is a writer, and she writes at writercaroline.com. If you want to hear about a mom who is very, very real and relatable, you're going to want to stay tuned for this episode. We talk about infertility. We talk about adoption. We talk about those specific prayers that she prays for her children. We talk about women's ministry and what that looks like and the story and Soul Weekend that Caroline and two of her friends created two years ago. We talk about so much how the gospel needs to be exciting and, and when we share it, it doesn't need to be boring because it's not. And we even talk about frozen old bananas. You're going to want to stay tuned to this. So much truth and so much fun. So thanks for listening and here's our conversation. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Caroline. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah. Okay. So your kids are at Mother's Day out today. So what do you do? Yes. Do you write? Do you clean? Do you eat Cheetos on the couch? What do you do in there (laughs) at Mother's Day out?
1: First, I praise the Lord (laughs) that I have a minute. Yes. (laughs) And my ideal day is that I get to write. But it's also a day for me to go to appointments and just do things that are harder when I have two toddlers with me. So it, it can look like all kinds of different things. Okay, good. So what about today? Today, I'm, I've got plans to write. Okay. I kept my calendar pretty clear, so I'm excited. That's
0: great. Good. Yeah. Okay, and so you are a writer. Your tag name is Writer Caroline. That's right. And how long have you been writing?
1: Well, I have been writing forever. And I started a blog, I guess it would be maybe like 10 years ago, but the blog name was so embarrassing and I just let myself do whatever I wanted. It was just this place of total freedom and total insanity. And it got to where people would ask me like, Oh, so-and-so said I should read your blog. What's it called? And I was too embarrassed to even tell them what it was called because it was so stupid. It was called princess truffle fluff. Yeah. So embarrassing. (laughs) And so I would not tell them. I'd be like, I'm not sure. I don't know. And finally just got a new blog names that I could share without shame. (laughs) That's
0: hilarious. How did you come up with Princess
1: Flufflepuff? Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It was just this weird moment. I was in grad school and my teacher was being really boring. And I just had this sort of fantasy of like getting in my car. I drove up silver Volkswagen Beetle at the time. Cute. And I was like, you know what I want to do? I'm going to get in my car, which was named Babs. I was like, I want to get in Babs. <laughs> I want to go to McDonald's and eat a thousand cheeseburgers. And I just want to like get out of here and be silly. I can't be serious anymore. So I just... Somehow that name, Princess Truffle Fluff, sounded like a good fit for whoever that person was I wanted to be. I and I it. just created a place of insanity on the internet.
0: I love it. And, um, you had me yeah. when you said, I want to eat a thousand, um, hamburgers from McDonald's. Yes. That's what, that, I mean, yeah, you're my people for <laughs> sure. For sure. Okay. So what did you go to grad school for?
1: Um, for education. Okay. So I was a, um, English teacher, technically a writing teacher, but my um, degree was a master's of arts in teaching okay. for English education. Yeah.
0: Okay. So did so, you teach? Yeah.
1: Yes. You I out? taught one year in Memphis city schools. And then I taught, I think five years at Briarcrest Christian school. And I taught middle school writing Okay. and loved it, loved it. But then I had my kids and I just, can't just couldn't so <laughs> I stayed <down> home with them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how many kids do you have? I have two kids, okay. um,
1: Adelaide and Greer. Adelaide's almost four. Greer's two and a half, and they're kind of like the best of friends who also punch each other in the head a lot. Yes. And I really just it physically hurts me to look at them sometimes because I feel like they're so cute that it makes mm. my brain explode, mm. and I have said often to people that motherhood has made me feel more empathetic to the moms on dance moms because (laughs) have you ever seen that show? Uh, Commercials. (laughs) Okay. Well, these moms are insane. Uh They're insane. They're like super fans of their kids. And I've always been like, what is wrong with these ladies? Uh And then I had these kids and Uh I was like, actually, I think I kind of get it. (laughs) Like they're normal. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, probably we need to avoid signing them up for any competitive activities because I don't know if I can be trusted in society. You're going to be all up in it.
0: I know. It's yeah. funny that these little tiny humans do that to us. Yeah. Like, what?
1: Yes, it makes us crazy in all kinds of ways.
0: I know. It's sweet. Okay, so you have two children and you're two kids. Um, kind of in the process, not kind of, you are in the process of adoption. Tell me a little bit about yes. that.
1: Well, we started the adoption process um August 2016 and we're finally considered a waiting family meaning all our paperwork was done all our hum- our home study was approved in June 2017. So since that time we have been um able to adopt and we're just basically waiting on a phone call. The cool thing is that as of a couple of weeks ago our funding that we thought sounded so impossible from the beginning has been 100% taken care of. Wow. So the second we get a call, we're like, good to go.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It, we're. I mean, I, I can't believe it. God has just provided so generously. Mm. It's, been inc- it's been incredible. Okay. So you said
0: August of 2016. Yes. So that's a year and a half. Yes. At least more.
1: So I definitely thought we'd already have a kid by now. I think a normal wait period from when you get approved is like two years. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we haven't been waiting longer than other people, but it sure feels really long. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's different from like when you're expecting a child through pregnancy, cause there's not any clear countdown. It's just really vague. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like we're just pretending and are we, Like, are we really doing this? Is this something that's happening or was that all just a dream? And then other days it feels like, ah, if I don't get a phone call today, I'm going to bust. So I just kind of, our feelings run the gamut. Okay. So do you know if it's a boy or girl? Do you know the age? No, we decided to keep birth order. So it's just anybody younger than my son Greer. And... didn't select gender or anything like that so so we don't quite know what to expect but it yeah. does work out that I have a boy and a girl so I got everything a person could need Be I'm ready up. you're ready I <laughs> I'm love ready
0: it. and the funding how did y'all get all your funding
1: well um we contributed as much as we felt like we personally could we had a couple of friends surprise us with donations mm-hmm. um and we, we actually had not even told that many people that we were adopting, and we would have a big payment due. This happened on two separate occasions where we thought we would be able to have the money in time for that payment, and just life happened, and we had unexpected bills and unexpected life changes, and we were, I mean, really, really terrified, and then, you know, knock on the door, and it's a friend with the amount of cash that we need to pay that, and that happened two different times. Wow. Wow. So God has just really floored us with that. So through the generous gifts of friends, through um, our personal um, investment, and then we got a grant that was a matching grant. So if we could raise $3,000, they would match it. So that wow. happened. We also sold t-shirts and it all adds up to be the amount that we needed. So That's it's great. just crazy.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, we're,
1: oh, we're thrilled.
0: Okay. What did the t-shirts have on them?
1: The T-shirt said, stay weird.
0: Okay, I love which... that. <laughs> Tell me about it.
1: <laughs> okay, well, so we have this sort of joke that we are praying for our kids to be weird. And that's not really a normal prayer. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like my, you know, natural tendency would be that I want my kids to fit in. But my husband and I spent a lot of time in student ministry. And even just from our own experience, you know, as adolescents, we realized that cool is a dangerous word to chase after, mm-hmm. and I have often said that you know, cozing up to cool, cool will never hug you back. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a dangerous thing. And so, what I when I think about what I want for my kids, I want them to wholeheartedly pursue um, the unique calling that God has for them, and not to just be what everybody at their school is being i don't want them to be enslaved by that so i've just sort of been praying for them to be little weirdos and i i, I really it. do feel like for the most part they're they've been pretty weird so far so it's it's <laughs> working out <laughs> okay. but that was just sort of a message we felt like would be fun to spread because it's our it's also our prayer for our uh, you know this child that will adopt into our family that we want the same thing for them so yeah i love it
0: can people still get the t-shirt
1: no they well we potentially i guess we wouldn't because we have secured all our funding but it was a right. pre-order gotcha um through a really great company called Fund the nation. So, if anyone has, you know, wants to raise money for an adoption or a mission trip, they did an awesome job. We're super grateful for for that opportunity. Good deal. Okay,
0: so let's go back. So, when I think of you, I think of three things. Okay. Okay. Can't wait. Um, I feel like I might be a preacher because I have three things that start with R's. You're relatable. (laughs) You are real, and you are ridiculously funny. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I should be a writer, right? You should. Those <laughs> words make me feel so
1: happy. Thank you.
0: Well, I the I think the relatable part when I first okay, well, first let me back up. So, my husband Jim and I were in your parents Sunday school class, and I mean, grew up so much. And I remember her talking about Caroline and Adeline. That's like that's how I remember you is there their child. Mm-hmm. And then uh, somehow I found you on Instagram and you were talking about old bananas. <laughs> and I was like I think I we are the same person. And you were talking about how many old bananas you have in your freezer and I was like, "Yes, that is me. I have so many and like they don't you don't even know what they are like I peeled them and put them in a baggie and put them in the freezer door. And I'm like, like what is that? And it's an old banana. So that's how I connected with you. I was like, this girl's gold. I got to follow okay, her Okay, and sure. you would
1: not believe it. I have had more interaction on Instagram regarding old bananas than <laughs> anything else. Because I just think it's an overwhelming problem that we all have all these frozen yes. old gross bananas what are we
0: doing what are we doing but we might need them at some point i mean maybe the apocalypse or something we've got a freezer (laughs) probably will melt full of old bananas rotten bananas. yeah
1: we will just feast on old bananas i mean in the zombie apocalypse
0: you're i mean you hear that they're good for smoothies so you're just like I'll i'll need it sometime anyway and then i heard that even smoothies are not even good with uh freezer bananas they said fresh banana in with frozen oh, fruit. Yes.
1: Okay, so we'll forget
0: it. We don't. We don't. It there's, no you don't need it. there's no hope. There's no hope. Yep. Anyway, so I just thought, okay, she is so relatable because that is what is in my freezer right now. And, oh, that gives me so much joy. Um. Well, good. And then you're so real. Like another. I love Instagram stories. Like I'm obsessed. Me too. Me with too. It. And I love watching yours and how you are real when you're like, hey everybody's talking about the word of the year and the word <laughs> of the year. You're like, I ain't got one. like, what's the deal. And I loved it because I always pick a word of the year. And at first I'm feeling like, yeah, what, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? I need it. I need one. <laughs> and then before I kind of come up with one, it's like yours. What was yours this year? Or you thought well, you're, you I, could ju- be. I
1: mean, I couldn't even think of any words. It's like when they were, everyone had these meaningful words and I just was like, right. Oh my goodness. I can't even think of any words. Like, I feel like I, what am I doing being a writer? Because I can't think of any words that mean anything. And so I just was joking and saying, like, maybe salamander, uh, yes. maybe, that's like, what it cookies. Be. I just had no idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I never, like, quite landed. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and that makes you so real
0: because we're all like, yep, that's where we're at, too, you know? <laughs> and I really, and I looked up, like, I was, like, kind of obsessed with this, too. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look up the definition. So I looked it up, and it said... I still have it on my phone. Hang on, I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> I have it on my phone because I'm like, this is hilarious. Okay, this is so funny. Hang on. This, okay. A newt-like amphibian that typically has bright markings. See, your bright personality. Okay. Kay. Oh, it's getting better. I haven't messaged you this. This is getting so good. Like, it's going to blow your mind. A newt-like amphibian. Okay, it typically has bright markings. And that once was thought to be able to endure fire. <gasps> Metaphor. Mic drop. Mic drop. I just got chills. Okay. So, so this is my year of being bright and
1: enduring fire. <laughs> and
0: enduring fire, which I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to tell her that because she might not want to endure. But you're in the midst of waiting. You're waiting for the yes. child. And that seems sometimes feel like you're in the fire sometimes.
1: Totally. Hey, okay, you, look, I have joked before that I can spiritualize anything. Yeah. But wow. I have not been able to spiritualize salamander, and you just killed it. It's, it's here.
0: <laughs> and you have something coming in the mail soon. I'm already telling you. It's coming in the mail. Oh, my goodness, uh, I I, wait. It's coming. Okay. Okay, so anyway, you've been writing. You did your blog, okay? And then mm-hmm. you get married, okay? And then you have two kids. Now, before you had your two children you struggled with infertility. Tell me about that. How many years? How did you know you were struggling? What went on there? Well, it really was just a
1: year. But it seems like a
0: whole lot of time.
1: Absolutely. And the thing is that I have realized upon reflection that it was my deepest spiritual crisis that I've experienced so far. Mm. And I'm not quite sure why it showed up and why it showed up so profoundly, but it's such a wilderness in my life when I reflect back and certainly makes me feel so um, strongly that I want to support other women who have gone through that, particularly the ones who've gone through it at a a level that I don't even understand from my personal experience. So it was a year, just everything was off. The doctor, you know, ended up having to get on medication. And even when I finally did get pregnant, the doctor was like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Um, They said, they're like, well, the proof's in the pudding, but we're not sure how that happened. So, you know, something was off. um, And it was just by the grace of God that it worked out. And um, I noticed that even though I got what I wanted and had been praying for, it wasn't God ushering me out of the wilderness. Because then my fear that he wouldn't give me what I wanted turned into my fear that he would take away what he had given me that Mm. I wanted. So I sort of continued on in this wilderness. And it wasn't until I had Adelaide, my oldest, and I would say maybe after about three months of having her, you know what, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to say about six months because at six months, we had a really scary ER visit with her that absolutely terrified me. It felt like my worst nightmare coming true. And I felt like at that point, Um, that I really had to wrestle with. Do I believe God is good or not? Mm. And that was sort of that stake in the ground of, am I going to believe that you're good, even when it doesn't feel like it? Am I going to believe that you know what you're doing, even though it might hurt me terribly? And so just that, that sort of felt like the culmination of a really long wilderness where now I feel like, even though I'm pretty consistently terrified that something will happen to my children, Mm. that I try to hold them loosely and um, believe that God is as good as He says He is, and I think that it's just such an act of faith. So infertility was really important to me because it was the beginning of a of a journey of sanctification.
0: Mm, that's good. That's good. So. And it's I think it's so common now now that we're hearing more and more. So I love that you're empathetic to those, those women. I mean, I think that's a lot of times. That's what God does is he does something in our hearts so that we can be empathetic or sharing those burdens with others around us. So,
1: um,
0: what is, how is having your children? How has that changed you?
1: Oh my goodness. There's like almost no way it hasn't changed me. Mm. I feel like I don't even recognize myself before that because motherhood is just such a place of sanctification. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was telling my husband the other day that even from the point of pregnancy, you have to lay down your own comfort and you have to lay down your um, appearance and you have to lay down all these things kind of without choice you just mm-hmm. have to lay them down it's like forced sacrifice yeah. and it continues because you know we have to lay down sleep and even now I have to get up every five seconds and get someone a snack I don't mm-hmm. know how these children need so many snacks or I have to referee to do all these things and continuously lay down plans
0: mm-hmm. and lay
1: down comfort and lay down sleep and all these things mm-hmm. and it's just been a place of tremendous fellowship with Jesus because it's in that place of lowliness and that place of neediness that you experience him most vividly. So Mm -hmm. I just really am grateful for the way that motherhood has emptied me out. And I think that we kind of view that as a negative thing. Sometimes we feel like we've lost ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we know that the truth of our faith is that um, it's in laying down your life that you gain it. Mm -hmm. And so through motherhood, God's been like, You're laying down your life. He kind of made me. (laughs) But I'm glad. I mean, I'm so glad I I know him with so much more intimacy than I imagine I would have otherwise. And I know there are other ways that people can be sanctified. But for me, that has been like the ultimate place of sanctification.
0: That's awesome. Well, and it's true. And it's what I've been learning lately, the whole um, just pointing out my sin as my sin has been pointed out um, with my son and it's just, um, it's humbling, but it's, you wouldn't take anything for it because it's, it's like you said, sanctification, but it, it hurts sometimes when you see it, but it does. It's, it humbles you and it, and it draws you to Jesus for sure.
1: Absolutely. Goodness.
0: I hate to interrupt, but I wanted to tell you about today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Meredith Design & Company. Stacey Meredith is a local freelance graphic designer with a background in advertising, print, and web design. She has been part owner of two stationery companies and she has taught graphic design at the college and high school levels. On any given day, you might find her polishing a PowerPoint presentation, rebranding a local business, creating a brochure, designing a website, or lettering a custom invitation. She often joins forces with her husband JD, who has an equally amazing but different set of skills, including video, photography, and illustration. For all of your design needs, you can find Stacy on Instagram at Meredith Design Co. or go to her website at MeredithDesignCo.com. All right, back to the show. So you met your husband in high school and yes. he went to seminary and all that and he is a pastor. So how That's right. how does how does your faith work out in being a pastor's wife when you are, you know, want to stay weird and you are real <laughs> and relatable?
1: How does that work? Well, that's such a good question and I view ministry life as every bit as sanctifying as motherhood and as marriage. Mm. It's just something that God uses continuously to smash my idols. Mm. And I enjoy it a lot. I mean, I'm a people person. I love being able to encourage and influence people and worship alongside people. I love that. So there's it's an opportunity for a lot of joy. Mm. Not to mention how fun it is to see my husband be good at something and enjoy it and be passionate about it and be effective. I love that. Mm. But it's also just been this area of, um, tremendous pain. Mm. I think ministry life is hard because sometimes you feel like you're very, very seen and not very known. Mm. And I feel kind of allergic to that. Um, I get afraid that people are going to put my husband on a pedestal and I know he doesn't belong up there. I know that no one belongs up there. Um, I know that the gospel says that God is the only perfect one. Jesus is the only perfect one and that we are all cast in the role as the sinner. And sometimes pastors and their families don't get cast in the role of the sinner. That makes me feel really nervous. Mm. So yeah, it's been really sanctifying. Um, It's um, taught me a lot about the depravity of man and also about the tremendous grace of God and so again, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, it, it's been um, really painful, but but really good because I realized that even while there's always going to be people in the church who offend me and who I offend, that somehow we're all worshiping under the same banner. We're all worshiping the same God. We're all, all rallying around the same thing. And there's so much joy from realizing that something's been united that doesn't make any sense to mm. be united. Mm. Um so, man, I love it, but it's certainly a battle to be yourself and to not give in to the um, I have to look a certain way and I have to talk a certain way. And I'm not allowed to speak about my flaws or um, right. struggles that we have in our marriage or that we have with our kids. There's definitely a temptation for that. Um, and I try to just <laughs> air the other way. If mm-hmm. I'm going to air one way, I would, I'd like for it to be oversharing, but of course, oversharing my own junk and not sharing, you know right Others. my kids and my husband's stuff. But I, right. I do think it would be wonderful if um, pastors felt as free to talk about their marriage struggles as regular people do. I so yeah, that. there's a lot of challenges, but yeah. um, I, I think, um, yeah, it's just a place of sanctification. My biggest idol is um, fear of man. I really Mm. just want people to like me. Oh, me too. And yes, I mean, Mm. if somebody doesn't like me, I'm just going to chew on that all day long and flip out and um, send a bunch of texts and try to convince them to like me (laughs) or something. (laughs) And you know, ministry will put that into overdrive Mm. because there's always somebody who's grumpy about something and they might have good cause for it and they might not. Mm -hmm. But the point is not that. The point is, can I be at rest, knowing who God is, and who he's made me to be, and knowing that he has seen me when no one else has. So if there are times when people think that I have not been following him, well, God knows, and he saw that I was faithful in those moments, or maybe he saw that I wasn't faithful in those moments, and he can draw me to repentance. And then in repentance, he draws me even closer. So there's even deeper fellowship when there's repentance. So that's so good. Anyway, That's so
0: good. And being, like you said, like being known. I mean, I struggle with that Mm -hmm. too. I do struggle with that. And um, how, what would you say to a woman that is maybe just starting out as a pastor's wife? What would you say to her to, to, to,
1: to get past
0: these obstacles?
1: Oh, I would think that she wants to become very well acquainted with the gospel and what her role is in it and what her role is not in it. Mm-hmm. Because I think at the beginning of our ministry, I falsely believed that Luke and I could save people. And that if we hustled enough, they might know Jesus better. If we hustled enough, they might um, view us a certain way. We were very concerned about things like, in quotes, not ruining your witness. Um, But I think that the gospel story is that your witness is pretty darn ruined, Mm. you know, that we are sinners Mm -hmm. and um, that I got to be okay with that. I got to be okay with the fact that I'm always the imperfect one in this story and that certainly God will sanctify us. But even still, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Mm. So I just think a really, you know, being really well acquainted with the gospel is the best thing that you can do because it unburdens you. I mean, mm-hmm. what a burden to feel like you've got to save everybody and you got to make them like you. And you right. got to, I mean, you'll just be awake 24-7 and worrying. And, and we mm-hmm. have done ministry like that, and it, it really doesn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good advice. Okay, so um, I know that you love words and you love stories and you love sharing those. And I love your story and I love that you've shared it with others through Instagram and Instagram stories. And I love that you're drinking Sonic right now. I love that. (laughs) Um, and, but you have something that you and a couple of friends started and it's so exciting. I found it. It's called story and soul weekend and I need to hear more about it. Tell me about it.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Yay. Um, it is a women's retreat that two friends and I dreamed up. It's designed to, partner with local churches. We, we don't want to compete with local churches. We want to partner with them and lend vision and lend support and provide an opportunity for their women to connect with God and to connect with one another. And it was sort of, well, our reasoning is that retreats, I always say that retreats are like a relationship microwave. They kind of cook the relationship faster yeah it's sort of the reason why you know in high school you can go to camp and have a few acquaintances and you come home and these people feel like your best friends.
0: yes okay it's because
1: there's something about getting away together mm. that allows your relationship to just it's development to speed up mm. and so it's hard though when you become an adult and we don't get to go to camp anymore <laughs> which I think is a bummer and that I think is, we should get to go to camp we should <laughs> totally do that I need to go to Panama yeah. City again my right? friends It'd be so fun to It'd do it now. So It'd fun. be so fun. Yeah, we'll do that next.
0: Okay, that's next.
1: Um, but yeah, so so we realized that, especially in this life stage, that relationships are every bit as crucial, if not more crucial, than when you're 16. Yes. And so, we were just sort of sitting around dreaming one day, and these two friends and I we met through leading a high school small group together. So women's ministry in some form is just kind of part of our friendship DNA. And so it's just naturally the way that we've taught from day one. We talk about what do these women or these girls need? What angle of the gospel do we need to preach to them? How can we support them and what they're going through? Um, How can we join them together with God and join them together with one another? And so we've always talked like that. So then we find ourselves young moms. I think at the time we each had two kids under two. And we're, uh, I mean, (laughs) so, yeah, so we can barely even think, but we're sitting around and we're like, you know, what would be amazing? Like, what if we could get away and what if we could hear really rich biblical teaching? And what if there was enough space where we could have time to actually process it? And what if we could sit around with coffee in the morning and not feel rushed and not be interrupted by a kid? Mm -hmm. And what if we could have a really long leisurely dinner where we talk about the things that matter You know, what what if there was, what if we could do that? And so we were just talking and eventually we were like, well, there's not a space like that, but what if we created a space like that? I love that. I love that. Yeah. So through that, we just came up with this vision of story and soul and it has, God has sharpened it over the past two years. And our three core values that we laid down right from the beginning were scripture, stillness and sisterhood and scripture, because we were collectively exhausted by the sometimes gimmicky, sometimes scripture light teaching that you might get that sometimes women get. And I, I don't know mm-hmm. quite why we do that, but we tend to make things cute and I'm certainly not opposed to things being cute. But <laughs> right. especially in that season of young motherhood, we were like, we need the gospel and we need it now.
0: And we need to not cute. give us
1: a big theme. Mm-hmm. We just want the gospel. We want it the real deal. Right. And so we are craving a place for that kind of, teaching. And so Mm -hmm. we guard that really fiercely. We try to give women the whole gospel, the full gospel, um, in our teaching and in our devotionals that we provide on that weekend. And then the next one is stillness and stillness partners really importantly with scripture, because if you get this deep scripture teaching and you don't have the brain space to process it, then the scripture teaching is, is somewhat limited in your mind. It doesn't have a chance to sink in deep. So Mm. that's a little bit the unique thing about story and soul is that there's space. Mm. We don't schedule every single minute. I think most retreats do schedule every single minute. And I understand that feeling because you're worried people won't have fun and you're worried if they slow down, they'll be like, this is boring. (laughs) But we decided to trust God with that. And Mm -hmm. the stillness piece has been transformative because women leave the weekend and they're actually more refreshed when they Mm. came. They're not like, feel like they just, Yes, ran, ran the whole weekend right. yes
0: well and, and I, I think that's something that I, in. I loved about it when I saw it at first because I saw that that was a part of it that it was not it was good teaching it wasn't that it wasn't mm-hmm. but it was the community and then also it was just that stillness that's yes. so important
1: there is literally on the schedule a spot for a nap if you want to take a nap You know, we and we just tried to make it leisurely because also in that stillness, that's where connection happens, not just Mm. connection with God, obviously connection with God, because we know that he speaks most often in the whisper and you have to get still to be able to hear the whisper, Mm. but that also connection with women. So our last like, you know, core value was sisterhood. And we just completely believe in that. You know, we say we want churches um, where discipleship is a primary part of that. Um, and, and we wholeheartedly believe that, but we're trying to create the space where discipleship relationships and friendships can be forged because at the very least, even if discipleship doesn't happen, I think joy happens because Mm -hmm. how much more fun is it to go to church when you know, you're going to see these women that you've connected with and you know, women who, when, when you are having a really rough day that you can text and be like, Hey, pray for me or tell me a funny story or. Here's a picture mm-hmm. of my kitchen. I hope yours looks as bad as mine does. And you know, right. getting away together is the place where those things often start.
0: That's great. That's great. So, so. is so if there is a woman out there that's like, mm, I really need this. I really wanna, I really wanna do that.
1: What does she need to do? Does she need to gather
0: up some friends. Yeah,
1: I would say so. Like I said, we we like to partner with women's ministries, but we always leave spots for individuals because there's always a chunk of people who just get what we're doing. And maybe their church is not, you know, maybe their church does something else, but they want to be a part of it. So we always reserve spaces for individuals because those are some of our biggest cheerleaders mm. and it could be that eventually their church does want to participate or right. not you know it's it's whatever but gotcha. we try to hold attendance really loosely every year I prayed that to God great. that I just trust him that the right people will be there yeah you know and if it's less than I thought then fine if it's more than I thought hopefully he'll help us figure that out you know and yeah. so um I like we, it. Our website is storyandsoulweekend.com. And, you know, that's where that's like the launching point. People can register from there. And we open up registration in August. That's great. And, and um, when is the weekend? December 7th through the 9th is the date for this year. 7th, 8th, 9th. And why do y'all plan <clears throat> it in December? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. So the first year we had to, there was no other option. And we were like, no, December is the worst month. This is a terrible idea. This will never work. But we, God would not let up. So we are like, you know what? We're just going to do it. Let's just see. And it ended up, we realized that December was actually the most crucial time for us to do this. There might not be another time in the year when it is more imperative that we get still before God. And for me, it has absolutely redeemed my Advent season because you know, we all say, like, we don't want to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, but we I don't know how we avoid it. We I mean, right. it's just sweeps. I get swept up in it no matter what. Mm-hmm. But when you sacrifice um, the time and the money to set aside um, a weekend where you can be still before God, I mean, he absolutely brings a return on that investment. Um And I even think I kind of compare it to Sabbath rest, you know, that if someone's going to take a Sabbath day and not do any work, well, there's some preparation and sacrifice that has to happen ahead of time. And so for story and soul weekend, there's certainly sacrifice because inevitably you'll probably miss a certain party or certain event. And, and we wouldn't um, look down on anybody for choosing to go to, you know, you you do whatever God's called you to do. That's totally fine. But um, I think that women who have, you know, decided not to go to their work party over that weekend and instead come to Story and Soul weekend were immensely grateful that they did because Mm -hmm. it made every other holiday event pack a bigger punch because you have a chance to experience Emmanuel God with us and not just talk about Emmanuel God with us. Mm.
0: So good. So good. And so needed. So. So needed. Okay, so now you are um, going to be a published author with some other women.
1: Tell me about that. Okay, so a friend of mine named Holly Mackle, she's actually a friend of a friend, um, found me somehow. I guess through this friend. It was the old bananas. She found you through the
0: old bananas. That's what. You know,
1: was. let's just praise the Lord for old bananas oh, because they're just bringing me friends. And I like oh, that. I love it. But, um, yeah, so she shared with me this idea of this humor book. And um, it's called Same Here, Sister Friend. So, and I think the subtitle is Mostly True Misadventures in Motherhood. Mostly True Misadventures in Motherhood. And so, it's this collection of, I think, about 40 essays from about 15 different people. And Holly has written the majority of them, but there's some other contributors. I think I have five in there. And it's stories of exactly that, Misadventures in Motherhood. and. When I got the manuscript, I think about a month ago, I was crying, wheezing, and there's this thing that happens to me when I laugh too hard for too long. I can't, like, feel my arms, and I, like, could not feel my arms. I was hysterical. I was hysterical, (laughs) and my husband was like, what is happening with you? And I was like, this is the funniest thing I have ever read. It was so fun. It was just the best. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, and... Yeah, it actually I was like, okay, this is the same kind of delicious as a girls trip. Mm. That feeling where you get away and you're yes. just cracking up and you're sharing all your kind of embarrassing stories and everyone's saying, yeah. "Me too, that happened to me too." Yeah. Um and you're just sort of like bonding over the strange thing that happened with your kids and yeah. all the ways, you know, they make life so confusing. It it's just it's that kind of delicious. It is so good and one thing that's really exciting is um I don't know if you're familiar with Sophie Hudson, Oh my Um word. Boo Mama. She wrote the forward to the book, so oh, we're she like did. really excited that about is that. So, so exciting, yes. Yeah, so I'm so happy to be a part of it. I don't even, I feel, I don't feel deserving whatsoever because oh, I was you're rolling funny. laughing. Oh, I, was I can't rolling.
0: wait. I can't wait to read well, it. Well,
1: I just think it would be such a good thing to like. I was, I was thinking about you know, in my first year of motherhood. I wish I'd have had something like this where mm-hmm. I could chill out for a minute yes. and just laugh. Cause I think, especially when you're a new mom, nothing's funny yet. Mm-mm. It's all serious and it's mm-hmm. all a burden. And you're like, Oh, I better not mess this up. Right. And you read that book and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, we all mess up real bad right? and it's okay. And we can learn how to laugh at it mm-hmm. and we can bond over it. And God exactly. will use these crazy incidences to draw us t- together. And thank yes. goodness for that. Yes. So, Absolutely. You know, okay. It was such a good time. Tell such me the title time. one more time. Same here. It's, Same here. Sister friend. Love it. Sister friend being one word. Okay. And it comes out. It comes out April 17th. Okay. Exciting. I
0: love it. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. So where can we find you
1: on social media and online? Well, my website and my Instagram is writer Caroline. And that was a little, you know, prod to myself that I, you know, if God's calling me to write, it's okay for me to call myself a writer. Yep. And also because I noticed that my name, com, is actually a mystic healer. And um. I was like, well... <laughs> That'll be confusing for people. <laughs> yeah, not so, not so much, right? So you're yeah, like, since I'm not into mystic healing, yeah, I decided today. to just go with
0: <laughs> Not yet, Well, not and it totally describes you, Writer Caroline. <laughs> you're like, I don't have any doubts about what she does or what she is. Well, she's a writer. I
1: know it felt a little bold. It's no, I like one it. Of the bolder things I've done, but there I like you go.
0: it. Boldness is good. Okay, at the end of each show, I ask my guests four questions, and I don't. Okay. I don't think I said them to you ahead of time. Sorry. Um. What it's my eat sleep. Really, it's not eat sleep. Edit. <laughs> eat, read, pray, love. Segment. Okay. Okay. So tell me, what are you reading these days? Speaking of books.
1: Okay. And you did tell me. So okay, no worries. Good. Um, good. What? Okay. So I'm in the middle. I'm the kind of person who's in the middle of a million books at yes, all times. Yes. And I really hope I get a handle on that. I don't I know. know. I don't know. I just can't get my life together in that area. I, I want to read everything. I know. One book that I flip through constantly, I actually keep it on my nightstand, is called Brain Rules. It's by an mm. author named John Medina. <laughs> I need to write this down. It makes me sound so smart. So it maybe does. that's why I wanted to share it. But yes. um, I was assigned to read it when I was a teacher. And I was, you know, grumpy as you are when you're assigned anything. I was like, oh, come on. But I love it. And I have found that it is so useful even beyond the classroom because it says really refreshing things like the brain doesn't pay attention to boring things. Mm. I was like, yes, the brain doesn't pay attention to boring things. And it means a lot to me to have science to back that up. And so I love applying that to motherhood Mm. and I love applying it to ministry. And so I, through wisdom like that, I'm like, okay, well, when I share the gospel, it sure better not be boring. Mm. I better believe that this is exciting and I better believe that this is really, really good, that's good because I feel like I've had a lot of experiences where you go somewhere, maybe like a student ministry all nighter and everything's fun until the student pastor sits you down and shares the gospel. And that's when everyone falls asleep. <laughs> that's like so sad. It is. You're right. Yes, i like, yeah, the gospel can't be the boring part. Mm-mm. So a lot of little tips and tricks in that. I'm like, okay, this will help us um, minister better. This will help us mother better because we understand how God created our brains. I love it. Great. So, yeah. Okay. So what are you praying for? Well, I kind of said this earlier, but one thing I'm truly praying for is that my kids will be weird. Yeah. I just want to free them from the enslavement of of feeling like you got to be cool and feeling like you got to fit in. Mm -hmm. I just want them to have a more direct line than I had to be who God created them to be. It's good. I like that. It's really good. Especially just even
0: nowadays with um, just peer pressure, of things that we didn't have to deal with or things I didn't know people were dealing with. I was so naive. You know, I'm like, (laughs) same. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So what are you eating? I love snacking. Snacking is. Oh, same. Mm.
1: Same. Okay. There is a ice cream place near us that unfortunately slash fortunately has a drive through. Oh, Oh, I know and mm. they have a thin mint milkshake <gasps> and I know I know it's mm. it's not safe it's not safe Mm-mm. and it's honestly it's one minute from my house it's a it oh. has drive-through it's a minute from my house and thin mints and milkshakes are just my mm. my ultimate like downfall so okay. if I'm having a really hard day mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll load those kids up I'll put yep. them in the car and there mm-hmm. have been times when they're screaming for ice cream and I say no. Only mama's getting ice cream yes, today because we can't deal with you on sugar. <laughs> I so love you. I have definitely done that. I might feel a little bad, but not bad enough to not do it again. No, I've heard of people <laughs> keeping their kids' car seats turned backwards so Yes. And when they
0: go through the drive through their kids don't know what they're getting.
1: I tell you what, I rue the day that I flipped my daughter facing forward. Mm,
0: I know. I was, like, And my mm. son's still
1: rear-facing. We're going to keep him like that for a good long time because yeah. it's freedom. I mean, it's freedom. <laughs> and, I mean, it's safety. We're being safe. Yes. I we mean, can call it whatever we want, what if... but the point is they don't see my ice cream. <laughs> exactly. And beg for it. French fries. Okay, good. Yeah. I
0: love it. Sounds good. Um, what are you loving these days?
1: Okay, well, this is um, – I feel like I'm answering the same as I did the last question, <laughs> but okay. I'm loving, I just tried the new cherry mocha at Starbucks. Oh, cherry. Um, yes. And I know a lot of people don't like cherry, but I love, I love it. cherry. It is so good. I had it yesterday okay, and I've been plotting. I mean, maybe 90% of my morning has been like, how can I rationalize having one today also? Mm, um, yes. so I don't know okay. if I'm going to let myself do that, but how it was far so good.
0: Starbucks from your house. It's far. Okay. It's See, far. See, there you go. That's that's protection.
1: Yeah, that's protection it is. That's for you.
0: That's God's grace. Well, instead, you could just go get a thin mint shake. And <laughs> no. be, call it a day. <laughs> uh, you're I right. Okay, good point. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> thank will. you so much for being on the podcast, Caroline. Oh,
1: my goodness. It was so fun. This is so fun. So it went fun. by
0: so fast, but thank you. We covered a yeah. lot of things, and I loved it so much, and I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Have a good day. Go okay. get a thin
1: there. All right. You Shake. too.
0: Okay. <laughs> Bye. Oh, well. See ya. I love talking to Caroline. And I'm even, as I'm editing right now, I'm just smiling from, just grinning from ear to ear just because of just her funniness. And like I said, her realness, her relatability and how ridiculously funny she is. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, you can find Caroline at writer Caroline on Instagram and also on her blog. And I know you, you've got to follow her Insta stories. She is hilarious and brings truth but humor to everyday situations. So go check her out. And I'm on Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. And I would love to see you over there. Remember, we're all Friends of a Feather. Let's stick together. See you next time!